was an evil, evil thing. The cross was a tool of manipulation, the darkest of tortures by the Roman Empire. To think of it, there was a time when 3,000 Jews were crucified. They had no more wood to build crosses. Bodies was piled. It was a stinking, bloody affair. People were hanged up to die at the city gates to show the people, you mess with a Roman Empire, this is what will happen to you. They fought psychological warfare through the cross. Today, it is near and dear to our hearts. We take the cross and we hug it. Why? The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed everything. It shows us how God can bring redemption, even to the darkest of things, even to the darkest areas of your life, once it is surrendered to him. What God did with a Roman cross, he can do to you in your life, in your heart. What was evil has become the most powerful symbol the world has ever seen. Isn't that incredible? Now, Friday, Pastor Andres preached very powerful on the saving power of Jesus. And what I want to do is I want to build on that in a way. So I don't want to spend too much time explaining again how the Lamb came, died for our sins, and our sins were placed on Him. And He gave us His righteousness. I want to assume it for a moment and, and, and just venture um, to other areas, other promises of the cross on this resurrection day to give us something to take home. Please read with me some amazing things that happened after Jesus rose. Matthew 28, verse 9. It says, And behold, Jesus met them. Now, this is after the resurrection. And he said, Greetings. <laughs> I mean, what do you say after you've been dead three days? <laughs> Greetings. What would you say? And they came up. Listen up. And they did what? They took hold of his feet. Very important. This is very important. You know why that is important? Because Jesus was not floating around. He had feet that could be touched after his resurrection. Going somewhere with this is a great promise for us. In Acts 10, 41, it says, To all people... Not to all people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. It's very important. He was able to eat and drink after his resurrection. One of the disciples, one of the men, Thomas, he said, listen, if I touch him, I will believe. If, if I can see those hands and put my flesh on it, then I will believe. He said he would, he, would, he would rise from the dead. I want to touch. Jesus allowed him. And he believed. 1 Corinthians 15. It's a great chapter on the, on the risen body of Christ with a few promises for us. Just hold on. I'm, I'm working towards promise number one. For as in Adam all die, right? So also in Christ all shall be made alive. 
but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Very important what scripture is saying to us. It's indicating that Christ is our forerunner. And we are about to walk in his footsteps. He's the first fruit and we are those who will follow. Let's carry on. Paul explains to his readers here. He says, for not all flesh is the same. Listen up. Not all flesh is the same. There's one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. Okay. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. Listen up. Lazarus was called forth from the death back into a perishable body. He died again. Are you with me? When Jesus rose from the dead, he stepped into his imperishable body. That body you cannot put on a cross and cause it to die. Only in the first one. The, of the same kind that you are walking in today. Are you with me? All right, let's go on. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, just as we have walked the earth like Adam and Jesus was born in a body like this, we shall also bear the image of a man in heaven. There's a promise for us on Resurrection Sunday. And it sounds superficial, but I want to tell you it's not. The first promise is the redemption for our bodies. I am assuming I'm building on the fact that Jesus Christ took our sins on him, and we are born again. Let's venture into some more promises. Building on that. The redemption of your body is a promise you can hold on to. This does not sound appealing when you are 20 or 30. <laughs> some people know where I'm going. But I want to tell you, the one you are occupying now. It's beautiful. It's from the Lord. Made in His image. If I look across this room, church is so beautiful. Just look around a little bit. You see the fingerprints of God through this building. It's amazing. But let me tell you what. This body can perish. And some of us here are nodding because you are experiencing it in your body already. There's a promise for you and for me. The redemption of your body. You will rise again. Let's give the Lord a clap. Iman display. And when you rise, you will follow in the pattern of the body Jesus had when he rose from the dead. He's the first fruit and you will follow. I would be able to touch your feet. 
In heaven, you are not a spirit, a smoke, or a cloud. You are in an imperishable body, similar to what you have now. You were made, humans were made to be in bodies. We're already in the image of God. But you'd be able to touch the feet of your brother in heaven. Isn't that amazing? And then gaan hy toe en regheid wees. But with this promise, there's a lot of doctrine that comes from this. And I just want to touch on one or two things. This body is incapable of taking you all the way. Just one, one, let's go to that next slide. Listen what the scripture tells us about this body. We experience God in worship. We experience the infilling of His Spirit, His nearness. We surely have a down payment. But listen up. I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. There's something about what we will receive when we rise again that we would be able to walk into the presence of God and not explode. Our imperishable bodies that is coming are designed to be face to face with the Lord without crumbling. What does it mean for where we are today? What does it mean? It means a lot of things. Let me touch on one or two things. Don't be too sad, dismayed when you find that the perishable body and these weaknesses is becoming more apparent. Once again, those who are 20 don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Don't be too sad when the world puts a nail through your hand. Don't be too sad when it's hard to breathe. Call on the Lord. Even Lazarus received some healing back into his perishable body. We call on his name for healing. But hear what I'm saying from our heart. When this body is perishing, it is doing what it will do. It is part of a journey unto the imperishable body. Therefore, you may have joy. You are allowed to have joy even if your body is weak. As you are looking to the promise of a resurrection. It's very important. So what do I do with this? Consecrate it to the Lord. For all the miles, for all the kilometers it has. Until it has run out of any kilometers. Let the Lord have the body. Until the body is no longer fit to be on earth. Consecrate it for the Lord. Because you know what? This body can lead those who are far from the Lord to the Lord, which the imperishable body will never be able to do. This body walks among sinners, can take hold of feet, can love, can care, as it is even declining. Let it be consecrated to the Lord. Take care of it, because it is your vehicle. And there's things I can do to cause it to perish quicker, all right? But with that, I want to say this into especially the times we are living. Watch out not to idolize this thing. 
because it will lead you into great sorrow and great trouble. If we are in the world, remember the world does not think like God's people. If you are in the world, you will only have one body, and this, that's one. And so what you must do is, you must be extremely sorrowful if it loses some of its strength. But we are not of the world. So as we are living in this body, watch out not to idolize it and lift it up too much because it will lead you to great sorrows. This body is good for consecration, not to be idolized. Amen? What a promise. What a promise. Let's go on. I tell you, oh, we've been there. Peter said to him, I want to go quicker now. Now, this is before, this is at the Last Supper. Jesus says, listen, it's about to happen. They're coming for me. Peter said, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will die with you. And they all said the same. Now we know what happened. Peter denied Jesus. And Jesus died. Without Peter getting to Jesus before his last breath. Have you ever had regrets? If only I said that before he or she died. Imagine Peter. Just, just Try and put yourself in his shoes just for a moment. How important is the resurrection <laughs> for Peter? Of course, in John 21, Jesus finds Peter. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And we know Jesus asked him again, but Jesus coming to tell him, I know you love me. Your perishable body and incomplete spirit failed me, but you know what? I'm coming to you to reconnect with you. And there's a promise for us in there. We must, we must unpack the narrative. And the promise is as follows. Because of the resurrection, there is healing from failures in your past. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is truly forgiveness for you and peace for things you have done, maybe similar to what Peter has done, or even if it's not similar at all, the fact that Jesus rose means he wants to come and meet you. And it might mean that you have to repent. It might mean that you have to say sorry to God or to people. But let me tell you what, the resurrection is great hope. You are forgiven if you come to him. The whole world is falling apart. No one has mental wellness. No one has mental wellness in the world anymore. You tell people, if there's good advice coming to someone, listen, this is going to hurt you. Remember, turn to the Lord. Don't judge me. Don't tell me what to do. But remember, I suffer from mental illness. Here's the thing. There's one place where we find healing for our hearts. It's at the foot of a cross. 
But because of a resurrection, there is healing for you. And I'm not denying that we go through difficult things. All I'm saying is there is hope for you and me. If we go to him, there is healing from the failures of your past. Some of us are sitting here and we are living in regret. You're not taking up one of the promises of a resurrection. There is peace for you. He loves you. And the fact that Jesus went back to Peter to win him back and show him that he loves him is for us a narrative to know that he wants to do it for us. He is knocking on your heart to help you to peace on those areas where you have regrets. Amen? What are some of those regrets you are holding on to? Don't you think it's a time maybe to lay it down before the Lord and take up your peace? Peter did it. He gave up, went back fishing after connecting with Jesus. He pulled in with the disciples and start, started the journey of the planting of the church of Jesus. Preaching all over the world. There's healing for you. Let's go on. Almost done. David's son dies and he writes the following in 2 Samuel 12. He says, but now he's dead. He's speaking about his son. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back to bring him back? Can I bring him back again? Obviously not. And then he says, I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. They knew it in the Old Testament. Man hangs next to Jesus on the tree. Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Not only Jesus would receive a new body, but one criminal whose body was broken just to the one side. And it's a great promise for us. Third promise for this morning and the last one is that we will meet Jesus and reunite with loved ones because of the resurrection. Because they have feet and because they can eat, you'll recognize them. and You'll be able to hold them. There won't be a mist in the air that you recognize. They would be able to be hugged. and You can take their face again. Isn't that amazing? Just thinking even of the last year, people that has said goodbye to loved ones that we know was running for the Lord, you will touch them again. And Jesus, the one who we've been singing to, longing to meet, the one in whose name we've been praying all our lives, will be there in I guess we'll run to him first. What a promise. I'd like to inspect his hands to see if he's still carrying the wounds. He, Jesus is in the form of a human. Do you know that he is united, fully God, fully man for eternity? He will be seen and recognized. Amazing. 
But that last promise also leaves us with a reason while we are still here because there's many that we love. But we know if they don't fall in love with a man who died on Friday and rose on Sunday, we will not be reunited with them. So why are you still here? And why am I still here? Is to share of this great gospel that we've been preaching about this weekend. Amen. So, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples for all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Let's stand this morning. What is he whispering to you this morning? Maybe just close your eyes for a moment where you are. Don't run away to another thought when he's putting his finger right there where he wants it. What is he saying to you this morning? And what do you have to say about that? Is he calling you near to him? Maybe for the first time in your life. Is he encouraging you this morning? Maybe specifically because your body is struggling. Worship you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you know how to speak to your people. Please speak to each and every one the words they are needing to hear this morning in this place. And I just ask the small group facilitators to just softly come to the front, please. And some facilitators. On this Easter weekend, we, we want to minister to you. We want to love you in that way. Thank you, Jesus. When God works with us, something happens. Sometimes He brings healing into a area 100% of the healing in a moment sometimes he only indicates the first step we cannot put God in a box but what I know is when we draw near to him he surely draws near to us and we want to help you here this morning to start working on what God is asking of you and so I want to I want to Start like this. If you 
have a regret that has caused you to be bitter, it has caused anxiety or worry in your life, then we want to help being a part of your complete deliverance or to be a part of the first step, whichever way God wants to work with you. But we want to say a prayer with you this morning for that regret. So I'm just going to count to three. And if you want to, if you want healing, you're going to have to take a step of faith this morning because it's the only way we can get to you. It's a lot of people. For a regret, bitterness, would have, should have, it can end this morning. But you're going to have to take a step of faith. Amen. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to come to the front, take the hand of someone, and they're going to pray for you and help you with your first step. One, two, three. Let's move. People are moving in this place. Take courage. If you want someone to help you to healing in an area of regret, bitterness, quickly come to the front. We want to pray with you also if you have great heartache because of someone who has passed away then we want to pray for you. And we just want to make a moment that you can remember that God knew about your pain and because of his prayer, you can just think back and know, you know what, one day I will see this person again. One, two, three. Quickly come out to the front. Let us pray with you. If you are overcome with heartache, take a step of faith. Let us pray with you. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your boldness. This morning, if you are thinking of someone that you would like to know the Lord, but they don't know the Lord, I don't want to call you to the front because I think it's too many of us. Then what I want you to do is just to open your hands and to bring that person before the Lord in prayer. Maybe it's a brother or a sister or a colleague or a good friend. Say, Lord, I just want to carry this person to you in prayer. Will you also save their life that I will be able to take hold of their feet in the resurrection and then lastly very important well you can continue praying if you are praying but if you really want to make things right with the Lord if you really want to make things right one, two, three quickly come to the front we want to pray with you it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter what happened Maybe you're a little bit like Peter this morning. Quickly come out and let us pray and minister with you. Is there anyone like that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just before we leave this morning, if I can just ask you to sit again for a moment. You can just take your seat. Will you just ask someone that you came with, maybe a family member or a friend, if there's one thing, one thing that stood out for them this morning that maybe they want to share with you, and you are welcome to offer to pray for them as well. Giving you three minutes. Just one thing that jumped up for you this morning, something that maybe meant something for you.
You're also welcome to take hands and maybe pray for another family member that couldn't be with you this weekend that you are missing. But let's just take a moment just to interact.